Welcome, I'm glad you chose to join us today. The date is October 18th, 2020. A reminder, we will re be receiving communion following the message. So at this time, before you hit play, would you go ahead and get your elements together? The theme is following uh, what we've been preaching on, becoming a people of God. The title for this morning's message is, Who is Going With You? The text I'll be pulling from is Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 12. And I will be reading from the New International Version. Let's start with uh, bringing you up to speed for our text today. Becoming a people of God is much more than a ritual or a mere act than something you perform just once in your lifetime. Becoming a people of God is a process. It is like a long journey one takes as life happens all around you along the way, where you learn how to interact with the creator of the world. A journey where life-stopping events occur and you learn who you are and you learn who God is. The Israelite nation is no different. Moses dictates the Ten Commandments to the nation as to how they are to live before God and before their neighbors. The backdrop to Pastor K sermon's message last week is God invites Moses up to the mountain of God. The invitation is found in Exodus chapter 24 where, where the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I have written for their instruction. Moses takes his aid, Joshua, and they head up the mountain of God. The Bible tells us that for six days the cloud covered the mountain and on the seventh day, the Lord called Moses from within the cloud. The Israelites, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as, as he went up the mountain. And he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is where Pastor Kay's sermon comes in. Moses comes down from the mountain of God carrying the Ten Commandments. They were inscribed on both sides of two stone tablets. Upon seeing the golden calf, he hurls the stone tablets to the base of the mountain where they shatter. Moses then breaks the image of gold, the calf, to pieces, melts it, then grinds it to a powder, then he mixes it with water and makes the Israelites drink the mixture. The people were still running around wild in their debauchery. So Moses calls out, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And the Levites muster together. Moses instructs them to strap on the sword and put a stop to their behavior. The Bible tells us about 3,000 people died by the sword that day. What a mess. What a horrible scene. God tells Moses that he could not tolerate the stiff-necked people any longer. 
He would destroy them in an instant for their sinful behavior. That he would no longer go with them. He would, however, send an angel to lead them to the promised land. Exodus 33:7 describes what we know as the tenth of meeting. It actually took on the name tenth of meeting. It was a place where Moses would go and meet with God. The tent was set up on the outskirts of the camp. It was quite a, a sight to behold as Moses would head towards the tent of meeting. Families and, and family heads would stand outside of their tents watching in a reverent hush as Moses passes by. As Moses enters the tent of meeting, God would come down like a dense fog over the tent and the people worship God from their tent fronts. Our text today takes in the conversation between Moses and God. Exodus 33, starting at verse 12, reading from the New International Version. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go up with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you were pleased with me and with the people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cliff in the rock and cover you, cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. The reading of God's word. Bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in this incredible passage, we learned some things about Moses, and we learned some things about God. But Lord, what stands out to me right now more than anything is Moses saying, Lord, if you will not go with us, we are not leaving this place. Oh, may those words resonate with us this morning. In this place, and uh, where we are hearing the message, 
May we not leave unless we leave following the Lord God our Savior. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. There are several parallels in our text today. One is when we realize that we are the happiest when we please God. There's just something happens when we realize what pleases God and we do it. It motivates us to even be more proactive in finding out what pleases God. And then we make it a priority in our lives. We call it today spiritual disciplines. Christ followers. Christ followers. We know when we grieve his spirit, don't we? We feel a sickening, a darkening within us. We know when he, God, is distancing himself from us. Why? <laughs> because God still hates sin. He hasn't changed. The saying is the same yesterday, today, and forever is still a valid saying. We know when he is distancing himself. We feel it, don't we? His presence cannot coexist if we allow sin in our lives. He is still a jealous deity. You shall have no other gods before me. He must be first place in our lives. We must allow sin when we, excuse me, when we allow sin in, we know he will distance himself from us. Moses is simply saying, I will not go another step if your presence does not go before me. Moses defends that statement by exclaiming, how else will anyone know you are pleased with me and with this Israelite nation? Internalizing that statement right now, right here. In the listening audience today, where do you stand spiritually with your creator, God? What distinguishes you from those around you in the world? How embarrassing would it be if a visitor you work with or you go to school with walks through our church doors and sees you and exclaims, huh, I didn't know you went to church. When your actions and behavior is no different from those in the world, what sets you apart? This morning, right now, are you desperate for his presence? Our parallel today is Christ's presence. Christ followers. Christ followers are not uh, surprised with the statement that Jesus makes all the difference. Jesus ushers in the presence of God in human flesh. The Gospel of John is clear that when Jesus was born of a virgin, God walked this earth as a human. The 200% man, 100% God and 100% man. In the short 33 years that Jesus walked this earth, he proved over and over that point. Well, Jesus 
walked this earth. He taught us many things. One of those topics was his presence. Jesus sets the stage with these words of comfort and encouragement found in John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. These are Jesus' words. And then in verse 16 of, I mean, verse 6 of chapter 14 of John, Jesus explain, exclaims, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In verse 21 of chapter 14, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Christ followers, we are destitute and alone without the presence of Jesus in our lives. Today, like Moses, we say, we will not leave this place if your presence does not go before us. Jesus said those words, about the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, before the Passover. And we celebrate the Passover meal, the, the Last Supper, as a remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us. This is the time for you to gather your elements, the, the bread, and the uh, fruit of the vine, grape juice. Be by your head with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. The Holy Spirit, your presence, the call that is different from uh, Moses' time 3,500 years ago to our time today. We have Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So this morning as we uh, receive the elements of unleavened bread and fruit of the vine, Lord, be with our hearts. And if there's anything that separates us from you, that we would take care of the matter and that we would be right before you as we receive the elements of communion. In Jesus' name, amen. The evening Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he took the loaf, and he, he tore it, and he raised it up towards heaven. And he said, this is my body broken for you.
Then he instructed the disciples, like I'm instructing you, to take and eat. Again, Jesus took the fruit of the vine and a chalice raised it up and blessed it. And then he said, this is my blood shed for the sins of the world. He was talking about the two elements that we use for communion today. The bread, the broken body on the cross. The blood shed for you when they pierced his sides and blood gushed out. Jesus Christ was the perfect, unblemished Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb for you, ushering in a new covenant through Jesus' blood. Take and drink. Bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. But Lord, right up there with uh, the elements of what you did on the cross, you talk about your Holy Spirit, your Holy Ghost, going before each one of us. Father, we recognize that today. And we say thank you. We will not leave this place without you. In Jesus' name, amen. For closing thoughts in our devotional this few weeks ago, a story is told of an almost three-year-old girl and her expression of Jesus. Listen to these words. It was posted on October 9th this year. The story starts out with, I love bread. Our three children love bread. I will never forget the Sunday we first attended a new church. You got that? A young family attended a new church. Our oldest daughter was just a few weeks shy of her third birthday. The pastor offered the Eucharist communion. Our daughter listened attentively to the pastor's progress through the uh, liturgy, and she beamed with happiness and was filled as, as we filled the queue to receive Christ. Upon dipping the bread into the juice, she prayerfully, prayerfully moved over to the altar as she saw the others before her. The bread dipped in juice made it into her mouth, and her joy could not be contained. She loudly exclaimed, for all to hear, this is the best tasting Jesus I have ever had. Her exclamation of joy so perfectly describes the unchained feeling we experience as Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. <laughs> Author Kristen Bell, out of a mouth 
of a child. Father, go before us in such a way that our lives would bring you honor and glory and that we would be lights in the world because of you and us. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, goodbye.